Welcome back officially to another episode, another show of the Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. You can listen to us on the Google Play Store app, Sheer Enjoyment Radio app, or the Apple App Store app, Sheer Enjoyment Radio app. You can listen to us on Naki Radio on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app channel. You could also listen to us at the streamer.radio.co link. You could also listen to us on JRoot Radio and different places as well as 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302 is our number. Give us an email if you want to be live on the show. SheerEnjoymentRadio at gmail.com. SheerEnjoymentRadio at gmail.com. So as the school year has begun around a week or so that the school the kids have been back in school the question becomes what to do with the with the kids throughout the weekends and after the school day in the DOE it happens to be that the kids have the 8 to 220 day 8 to 150 depending on the school and us as providers and us as workers go a little later than that 255 is the official time but that kind of a day is not as long as the Jewish school day so that day for us finishes for many kids at 345 some kids a little later but if, if if there are working parents or people that need to get to different places at different times, you want the kids to have extra activities, the question becomes what to do for extracurriculars. Are there extracurriculars out there, and what can we offer our children and ourselves, really, as adults and as parents throughout the week that's aside from the normal day job for children, which is their occupation of school, for adults, which is their occupation of work or, or school, whatever they're involved in, what can we do with extracurriculars, and what is an extracurricular ideally what's the deal with extracurriculars are they worth it are they worthy are they good do they help kids and is it something that's necessary and important in their life which is what we want to tackle this week on tani talks radio where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep I'd like to begin by looking at the official definition of what an extracurricular is. According to Google and Wikipedia and the definitions of the dictionary, an extracurricular is of an activity at a school or college or life pursued in addition to the normal course of study. In addition to the normal course of your day and the normal course of what you do throughout your week. It's not mandatory it's not part of the day per se it's of an in addition to whatever you go about throughout your days extracurricular activities include sports drama music and chess and many more activities many more things we'll talk about as well sometimes it's humorous sometimes it could be something fun sometimes it could be funny it could be different kinds of things it's outside the normal routine especially that provided by school or work we have a structure to the day for a working day for many people it's eight to four for many many more people it's nine to five for some of us it's eight to three depending on where you are depending on what you do some people have it eight to two depending on what they're doing where they're working and how they go about their day this is outside of those hours outside of that schedule outside of that routine of course as an otm very into routine are very into schedule we want there to be rituals to the days the kids know that they go to school at a certain time they come back at a certain time and we want it to be that they know how to go about their days so this is something that's outside the normal function of the day Wikipedia explains that an extracurricular activity, an ECA, or an extra-academic 
activity and EAA or cultural activities is an activity performed by students that falls outside the realm of the normal curriculum of school, outside what is provided usually in school or college or university in its education. Such activities are generally voluntary as opposed to mandatory, social philanthropic philanthropic and often involve others of the same age students and staff direct these activities under faculty sponsorship or faculty leadership oftentimes although student-led initiatives such as independent newspapers are very common however sometimes the school's principals and teachers also bring in these activities in the school among the students among the day and sometimes after the school day after school as we call it a group study conducted by surveying school-aged students in the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health revealed that 70% of adolescents, 70% of teens studied in the USA are involved in some form of extracurricular activities. Other studies have shown being involved in extracurricular activities reduces the Likelihood of dropping out of school, God forbid, likelihood of, God forbid, committing an offense and leads to higher educational retainment and success and achievements in schoolwork. Not to mention that the greatest advantage of participating in at least one of these activities is the decrease in antisocial behaviors and students growing up to be more successful in communication, more successful in relationships, more successful in society at large. Just for that alone, it could be argued how wonderful and important extracurricular activities are for children. Involvement in after-school clubs and extracurricular activities is beneficial in a variety of ways for the K-12 population. For example, school clubs can offer a place to form relationships and foster learning. This was demonstrated with multiple groups studied. Research including students with disabilities involved in extracurricular activities showed that they were more likely to have friends than those who were not involved. Similar findings with racial and ethnic minorities and immigrant adolescents showed that minority first and second generation adolescents were less likely than their counterparts to have friends and be engaged in relationships. However, extracurricular activities facilitated socialization. Thus, if you're involved in activities outside of school, outside of the school day, outside of mandatory school activities, it increases a student's chances, a person's chances of creating friendships by definition. Also, extracurricular activities can provide families with a safe environment for their children while they are at work. A lot of people can't make it to school while we end at the 150 or the 220. I often wonder, how is it possible that all of these students that I see, that they're picked up by family members? What if people have regular jobs? What if they're working? Likely that they are working. How do they make it to get there at such a time? So there are a lot of kids that go to after school, which is not officially part of the school or its school day, but it's a program, I think, run by the DOE that has other people, volunteers and workers that come and they, they bring them to the auditorium, they bring them to the gym. They bring them, and then they stay usually till 4, 4.35, which is a much more likely time that regular family members can pick up the children after the school day. When they're involved in these extracurricular activities, it gets the parents an opportunity to get all the work time possible and allows the child to participate in educational or athletic activities. Furthermore, extracurricular activities increase positive self-development regardless of where the activities take place, at school or away from school. Likewise, 
Female adolescents involved in school-based extracurricular activities had higher self-esteem than those not involved, and the overall findings demonstrate that involvement in activities, whether it be sports or clubs or school-based programs, have a positive impact on the participant's life. So we could think about our own life, our own upbringing. My wife, my wife was on like 150 different extracurriculars in school. There was a club, you name it, she was on it. For me, when I was growing up, I didn't have so many, but there were a certain select things that I did. I remember growing up when I was a, um, a preteen, if you will, in those years of getting ready for the bar mitzvah lessons, the, the, the week was structured in such a way that there was a couple of things happening throughout the week. On Monday night, it was the guitar lessons. I had guitar lessons from when I was 10 till I was 18, till I left for Israel. A good eight years of guitar. The uh, guitar teacher would always come, and I'd always get so nervous when I saw him. Did I practice enough? I didn't really get to practice so much. He's here. I hear the car door. He's coming. He's coming up the stairs. It's time for the lesson. And when it came to Tuesday night, Tuesday night was always karate, karate from the dojo nearby the house. That was always an hour or two hours. The guitar lesson was always a half hour, so it always felt like longer. And Wednesday in those preteen years was the bar mitzvah lesson. So you have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday extracurricular activities throughout the week for a kid, a preteen, when I was 10, 11, 12, 13. The karate itself was 10 years. Guitar lessons itself was 8 years. That's a way to structure some activities throughout the week. And then once you get to Thursday, it's already the end of the week. And then it's the weekend. And Sunday, different activities or trying to play with friends or whatever throughout the week. So we have a way, growing up at least for myself personally, there are ways to have extracurricular into the week built into the life of the child. And when I moved up to high school... I had some extracurriculars. I couldn't do nearly as many as my wife and others out there, but I had two main ones that I was involved in. So, of course, the guitar lessons continued through high school, and I also joined the school band, the band that I was a part of in school. I was there for throughout the years. I always forget if I if I left in the senior year or not. I feel like I stayed in senior year, but we would play at the Purim Chagiga at, at the Purim time of the year, a couple of weeks before Passover. We also played at the Hanukkah Chagiga at Hanukkah time in the winter. And the leader of the band, always interestingly, was my Hebrew teacher also. So I always found it interesting that he would run it. We, we would always practice during club hour, which was Wednesdays. And uh, the, we took over the, the synagogue sanctuary, and there was a drum set and my guitar. I used to have a schlep it once a week, and I put the amp in the back. And the, I was always worried that the van would be, would be bouncing around, ruining the amplifier. But we would bring it once a week for the band. And then later on, much later on in in senior year, I decided I wanted to try out for a team. I wanted to try out for softball team. My claim to fame was that I was on the softball team for two weeks. I lasted only two weeks on the softball team before I realized it was too difficult because I didn't live in the town where I went to school. I didn't live in Long Island where I went to school. I traveled a, a good hour or so to get there, so it only lasted about two weeks. I would have loved to be on the team, happens to be, but I felt like it was too difficult, too time-consuming, and too not realistic and not functional to be on such a thing. So two programs that I was officially involved in in high school for my extracurriculars was the club hour, the band, where we had those special chagigas, those special 
get-togethers the twice a year that we would play for the school and the softball team I tried out for in, so in senior year. Of course, we had other things, and there were different clubs we were part of. There was yearbook as we got to the end of high school, and there were other initiatives, and there were chesed programs and kindness programs I tried to be a part of. I remember I went on a wonderful, wonderful trip either once or twice in high school to Israel where we volunteered for... 11 days, 10 days, I can't remember, but it was called Mitnat Vim. We were volunteers. We went to be a part of this really wonderful organization, Levnot Ulahibanot, where we helped to build houses and paint houses. And then at night times, we went to visit different yeshivot, different seminaries, which was a really nice structuring of the day. We also had a a Shabbos, a Sabbath together, or, or two when we were there. And it was a really nice thing to be able to do. And this was not mandatory, obviously. It was optional. Not many people were on this trip or accepted on this trip. It was a really nice thing to go to be a part of. And we were able to literally physically help out the country and struggling families and, and families of a very low SES status, low socioeconomic status, literally painting and building I remember getting in the van, this beat-up van, where we would go to the to the center, and then we would go to different houses. We had these paintbrushes, and we had these paint containers. I'm not a very you know DIY person. I'm not a very do-it-yourself person, even back then. But we made sure to go and to paint and to build if we could. Totally ruined the clothing, but that clothing back then was a reminder, an indication of that extracurricular trip, of that mission where we went for however many days to try to help out those around us. And there are many trips like this. Different high schools go and different colleges go. You know, my my college, YU University, also sends people all over the country to help rebuild, to help re replant communities, especially devastated by different things like Sandy. We should never know from such things. But these are different things that we could think of for our kids and for those around us. And when we're growing up, what did we do as part of our own extracurriculars? There's so many different aspects. There's so many different ideas and abilities and clubs that are out there even in college i tried to to keep up some extracurriculars the day was packed you know in the morning we had the judaic studies starting on a one program till three and then switching over to the other program for the later semesters till 1 p.m and then the secular studies would take over so the whole day was jam-packed we tried to take between 15 to 17 credits a semester to finish in those three years on campus because one year counted off campus from studying in israel and seminary but even before college, when we were in Israel studying in in the community, in the in the seminary, in the yeshiva, we have the learning, we have the schedule, we have the set order to the day, but what do we do with our time afterwards? So I brought my guitar with me and would play the guitar, would practice the guitar, and oftentimes... You know, while other people were, were napping, I would play, and I actually, you know, had my guitar open, and people would actually put coins in sometimes, which I guess they thought I was like a hobo playing in the middle of the of the audit, uh, of the dormitory, whatever. I took the money anyway, brought it to Tzedek after, to charity after, but the guitar came with me, and there's actually a, a picture of me and my friends in uh, playing the guitar, which is always a nice remembrance when we visited. And besides for that, there were two times throughout the week where we tried to be involved with extracurriculars as well. Besides for the the seminaries event where we had a special, special camp for, for survivors of terror attacks that came once to a program that we held, which was a beautiful activity. Then we had another activity we ran either the second year or the first year for families of, of uh, people that had difficulties also. 
different programs throughout the year, really nice extracurricular stuff that my seminar, my, my yeshiva did. But on a weekly basis, we try to be involved on Tuesdays and Thursdays with using our time wisely. So on Tuesdays, they called it, you know, no learning Tuesdays, but really I like to call it Chesa Tuesdays, where it was kindness. We tried to use those hours well. Some of my friends and I were part of this Big Brother program where we would mentor and play with and interact with a family who needed a Big Brother, who needed a, a brother figure. So I was involved with a, a family that had two girls and a boy, and uh, it was a single mother raising these children, and I would visit every week for the two weeks, two years that I was there. Basically, the child I started with, he was five. When I left, he was seven, which is very interesting because Lahavdil, Lahavdil, my own boys are five and seven, so you can imagine how young the child was that we were involved with. And every week I tried to take him to the park to play soccer, to the playground. Sometimes we would play board games in the house, and sometimes we went to the candy store. We would walk around. The The community was only like a 10-minute bus ride away, sometimes taxis, and that would be the, the bulk of the Tuesday. And that's not mandatory. It wasn't part of what you had to do. A lot of people would go to shopping or would go to the beach or would go to a different town for those days because we had a whole afternoon off from 12 o'clock till 7 o'clock. It was your own time, and I felt like, what are we going to use that time for? So I actually used the whole afternoon to try to, to work with this kid on a weekly basis, and that was the Tuesdays. Some people did the program, some people dropped out, but I felt like that was one of the best parts of the week. And on Thursday, during that Thursday break, a lot of people would recharge and would rejuvenate and would would uh, try to rest. Other days I would rest, I would try to get some napping in to rejuvenate, but Thursdays always I felt like was the best really the best, best day of the week. Besides for the Tuesday afternoon, which was a great experience, Thursdays it really felt was like a really nice day because as Sabbath comes and, and as Shabbos was looming and coming, this was a wonderful way to get in the mindset of Shabbos. So from the beginning of the day, throughout the night, leading up to Shabbos, it was like a really building on each aspect of the day, extracurricular plus curricular wise, leading into the Shabbos. So basically, we had the morning Seder, the morning routine where we had morning classes till lunch. Then we had lunch, but after lunch, there was this break on Thursdays that there was this program that was around before me but didn't really take off so much. Basically, we would go to that same town but a different part of the town and we would help package food for needy families. And they always needed volunteers, and if we got 10 people, then we would able to have a we would be able to get a Sherut, which is like this small bus taxi my wife and I actually know from a Sherut from one of our trips that was able to be taken from the from the school and we went to this nearby town to try to help package the food for those families and there was this when we were involved with that program and I apologize the recording got a little cut off but when we were when we were involved with that program it was very interesting because that program was done on our own initiative on our own on our own level on our own way we would go on our own to try to help the families to try to package the food to try to uh, allow us to get food to these people it was people that really didn't have a lot they would they would need carrots they would need cucumbers they would need oranges and and potatoes very basic staples and once we made enough of the packages they were able to put it in the bags and then put it into the truck and then the truck would go deliver it around the town and every week I needed to get those 10 people so we had a sign up sheet earlier in the week and then once we got to Thursday I really really wanted to get those 10 people to fill up that Sherut to come with us and we would always make announcements the Sherut is leaving to Yad Yosef in 10 minutes the Sherut is leaving right now meet us in the back 
meet us now in the back. We went for about an hour, hour and change, and we came back, and I felt like it was a really nice way to recharge and to get the rest of the day. And then you had the afternoon classes. Afternoon classes led to dinner. Then once dinner hit, it was already high time leading into the Sabbath, leading into the Shabbos. There was a, an ethical, moral speech given by the, the rabbi, the Muster speech, and then there was already coming time to, to Shabbos, and then Friday was already getting into the Shabbos. It was really a wonderful, wonderful way to be involved, and that was an extra extracurricular thing as well. So seeing the kid for the big brother and then involving in the food packing also was involved because over there in Israel, Sunday to Thursday was real high-time learning time. Friday was off to go and go about whatever he did for Shabbos. A lot of times I went away and purposely went away to people that I didn't know using a program called Anywhere in Israel. They would link you up with different families throughout the country very cool experiences for another time to talk about but really cool stuff so even throughout the years there there is ways to go about what you can do especially what i did throughout the years to link it up and then when i came to college besides for getting all those credits i wanted to use the time as well to be involved in different things. So my friend and I started a club, a chesed club, to do different events, different activities to try to to help out the community, to help out the community at large. We had a last comic standing event where apparently my wife was. I didn't even know she was at the event, but she saw me in the crowd through the audience all those years ago. One time we used the, the club also to host a carnival for children with special needs. And then there were different events we tried to do. That was the main the main thing I did on the side. I was also involved in Yachad and, and NCSY and different things which are programming for children with special needs and children at large to get them reconnected to Judaism. But these are different things to be involved with and extracurriculars are really not just for students, not just for students, not just for children, not for our kids, but even for ourselves. You think about what we do throughout the week. How do we recharge ourselves? How do we reconnect ourselves? How do we make sure that we still can get through the week and we have what to look forward to aside from just working? If you do what you love and love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. But even so, work can still be tedious at times, even for a person who's the most passionate and the most involved and most happy to be in in their job and in their in their line of work it's not always so easy it's not always so possible to be involved in these things but we want to make sure that when we are that we have it that it is working and and that we like it to be in such a way i'm just uh making sure we're we're connected for some reason it's not connecting at the moment one second Hold on, the station is not connecting at the moment. We have to see what's going on right now. One second, we are checking why it is not connecting. I apologize to everyone who's listening in on the station. Something is not connecting. The, If you can hear me, I apologize. I'm going to check the app to make sure that we're working right now. For some reason, there is connectivity problems at the moment, but I'm checking to see that it's working. We apologize for the technical difficulties at the moment. Welcome back to the Tani Talks Radio after that big hiatus. I apologize about that. And we're going to pick up where we left off in our discussion. So I was talking about in high school and talking about in, in Israel. And I was talking about in 
my time in college, what to do for my own extracurriculars, for my own private time, what I did. I was head of this different club and I was part of these different events. And really, extracurriculars are not just for the grown-ups, are not just for the kids. It's really for everyone. Anyone and everyone could benefit from these kind of activities, from these kind of events from these kind of things in their life we talked about in the beginning how it's beneficial especially for social reasons especially for physical reasons especially if you're in a club especially if you're in sports especially athletics very good for the physical aspect of a person but cognitively it's good socially it's good emotionally it's good and many different aspects it's really well. It's really good for, for all of us, for students, for children, for parents alike. As parents, besides for the extracurriculars and besides for the, the, the jobs, what can we think about doing in our own life? So guitar is still a part of my life. Got that new budget guitar last year. I'm hoping for the other one in the future. And that's one aspect that I do for myself, but there's also the side project I try to do. I have this new OT Whisper idea we're looking into, the OT Craft idea we're looking into, the Fivel idea we're trying to get off and up, off and up, running off the ground. Of course, the podcasts are not a paid position. It's a hobby. It's a passion. The radio itself, when it's working and not having technical difficulties, the free lending library also. These are all different things we try to do. Aside from the day jobs, aside from the different things going on in our life, cooking and, and welcoming teams that we're part of, these are all things we try to do right now in our life. And we did the in-between camp. That wasn't a mandatory thing. Even though it was a paid thing, it was still something we chose to do aside from camp and aside from school. And we're hoping to do a, a baking class. These are all different things in, involved in our life. And, I, and I'm also involved in WhatsApp groups and hopefully a third job will come remotely. We're working on that. These are all different things things in my own life that are going on so as parents and as grown-ups and as adults we think about what we could do with our time a lot of time people will be artists on the side and they'll be writers on the side or journaling on the side different things we do besides for just the day job my wife herself has a day job and is in grad school and is a writer and is working on a book all different things that are in the extra to the curricular of being a mother and being a wife and being having a day job of a, of a fantastic teacher. So as a parent for kids, we have a way of going about our own day. It can be very tough to think about what to do for our own kids. It could be very expensive to think about how to go about it for our own kids, but it's still very good to think about and it's very good to be involved in. So when I was a kid also, a little, little kid, I was involved in little league and little league was a very cool thing my dad was a coach and little league was an excellent excellent coach i don't know how good i did or how well i did better in little league and maybe that's why there was an impetus for being involved in uh softball once i got to high school even though it only lasted two weeks but little league is a very cool thing and has many different benefits for kids it's good for the kids to be involved with and it's a nice aspect for them to have in their life on a weekly basis there could be many benefits of it you know according to google it's fun there's camaraderie there's a lot of benefits you get from playing organized sports in general there's teamwork it helps keep you off the couch it, there's sportsmanship involved and it promotes patience and focus it boosts the mood and mental health and it gets the kid to batter up and learn different skills it, uh, it's good for their health overall cognitive emotional and physical it helps improve their coordination if you work with them at it 
you know, week in and week out. It helps to force the electronics to go down. It teaches them about working with the team. It allows them to make extra friends, and it shows them the value of good sportsmanship. There's many different aspects of, uh, of why it could be involved. It also has life lessons and socialization and sportsmanship that benefits the children and the adults who volunteer. The problem becomes, I think, when... Adults live too vicariously, a little too vicariously through their children, and they get too heated and too overworked and too intense about the game. And then the game loses the fun and becomes too emotional for the parents and not fun for the kids. That's why I actually have a friend, a coworker, who was involved in coaching his kids on the on the team he actually did soccer and he was the coach for the team but he actually felt like it was so stressful being yelled at by the parents being berated by the parents being told what to do he's like i'm the coach what are you telling me what to do and he just felt like it wasn't worth it so he actually stepped down from being the coach because it wasn't worth it it wasn't fun i'm not i'm hoping that's not something that would ever happen for us especially if i do try to be a coach my wife thinks if we did do it maybe i could be a good coach but i don't want those kind of parents attacking me and uh I saw one time when we tried our son on soccer many, many years ago, maybe he was too young, and there were a lot of parents that were like very intense about their kids' little sports, little league, little soccer, little baseball, and we're, talk about, we're going to talk about an article about this also in a bit, but it's an idea to do as well. My, my oldest also, when he was littler, we tried judo karate a small karate place there's also one in a different aspect of town that some people do there's also an art studio that has music music lessons and has painting lessons we actually did one of my wife's birthdays there which was really nice and these are different things that could be done as well there's even a dance place for ballet and dance lessons for a girl starting at two plus but when you think about extracurriculars the sky is the limit there's sports there's painting, there's drawing, there's photography, there's singing and dancing and gymnastics. There's hip-hop for kids. I believe my wife did that when she was a kid. There's also band and music and instruments. I was part of the high school band. I had lessons from 10 to 18. There's mock trial, model UN and debate team, especially in school. School-based, there's college ball and Torah ball or Bible ball, if you want to call it, choir and drama and yearbook and chess and robotics. And there are many schools that have many clubs and many options like homework club, like our son, our children's school actually has a homework club. Even though the school day ends at about 3.40, 3.45, they have the homework club option from 4 to 5 that if parents can't make it back and they want to get some homework done while they're there, it's a quote-unquote club. There's many different options. In many different schools, they have arts and crafts and creative writing and sports and cooking and music, and there's so much. Every day there's something else. There's basketball, and there's that writing for boys and girls. There's there's basketball on, on different days and baseball and there's art and and creative cooking and fun with food which I guess is different than creative cooking and there's hockey and there's the band there's sports, sports and games beads, fibers, crafts and fun and then there's yoga and there's sports, there are many different clubs and many different ideas, so many out there that are allowed and possible for kids, it's very good for kids to be involved in lots of extracurriculars that should be built into the day not to detract from the day not to detract from those out there but these are good things for kids to be involved in fact even Aish talks about the idea of the extracurricular but Aish highlights an interesting aspect when you have kids playing on a team the question is does everyone deserve a trophy does the winning team get a trophy but does the losing team get a trophy and if they do is that good or bad I actually happen to 
agree with the article. The article is going to argue that it's not good to give everyone a trophy because then by definition you're detracting from the whole sport of the game. Who's going to try if everyone gets a trophy anyway? Everyone always has to feel like a winner because God forbid anyone ever has to deal with the idea of losing in life. No. There has to be the way of being involved in it as well. So they talk about this, and Debbie Godfrey explains on H.com this study that came up, this op-ed piece that came up in the New York Times. You don't have to like the paper. You just listen to the idea about called Losing is Good for You. So the author, Ashley Merriman, comments on the common practice of giving children numerous trophies and awards just for participating in a sport, just for showing up, just for being there. She writes, as children return to school in the fall and sign up for a new year's worth of extracurricular activities, parents should keep one question in mind. Whether your kid loves Little League or loves gymnastics, ask the program organizers this. Which kids get awards if the answer is everyone gets a trophy she argues and i happen to agree you could disagree find another program if everyone everyone gets a program even the losing team every single person find another program because trophies were once rare things rare commodities today participation trophies and prizes are almost a given as children are constantly assured that they are all winners Pro Bronson and her, the author, spent years reporting on the effects of praise and rewards on kids. The science is clear. Awards can be powerful motivators, but nonstop recognition, nonstop recognition, even for just showing up, does not inspire children to succeed. In fact, it can undermine everything you're trying to accomplish. It could actually cause them to underachieve. Carol Dweck, a famous psychology professor at Stanford University, found that kids respond positively to praise. They enjoy he- That's the idea of positive reinforcement, right? They enjoy hearing that they're talented, smart, and so on. But after such praise of their innate abilities, they collapse at the first experience of difficulty. Demoralized by their failure, they say that they'd rather cheat than risk failing again. This came from an article in September 2013. So by giving every children a trophy just for showing up, you're inherently shooting them in the foot. You're inherently causing them to fail, causing them to have difficulties, and causing them not to be able to learn to deal with failure in life, to deal with loss in life in terms of at least games and sports. They shouldn't have enough from other such things. There's an idea of a trophy culture. The author was raised in this trophy culture. Every child in their Sunday Little League received a little gold soccer player that would join the other meaningless awards on the dresser each year. If you get an award for every single thing, and there's an award for everyone for everything, then really is if everyone gets something, is anyone special? If every trophy is there for every single thing, does a trophy have any value anymore? You have 150 trophies just because you showed up one time to each thing. It has no value, has no meaning, and has no ability to actually help. It was true that trophies for all dulled their motivations, she explains, to do their game at the best effort. Indiscriminate rewards taught them to quit when they were frustrated. Instead of learning the art of perseverance, they give up as soon as they were tired. They needed to learn to take the option of quitting off the table. The conclusion of the op-ed piece is so crucial. If children know they will be automatically given an award for anything, for nothing, just for showing up, what is the impetus for improvement? 
Why bother learning problem-solving skills when there are never obstacles to begin with? If the author explains, if she was a baseball coach, she would announce at the first meeting that there would only be three awards. Best overall, most improved, and best sportsmanship. Interesting that she wouldn't give a a trophy to the whole team if the team won, which is also true, I believe, in the different... Actually, it's interesting. If you think about the different leagues out there, the team has to share a trophy. In the Super Bowl, they don't give out 1,052 trophies. There's one huge trophy that the team earns, and the team either shares holding it or hosting it, or it goes to the coach for the coach's house. I never thought about that. It's interesting. There's one cup, the Stanley Cup. It's not called the Stanley Cups, plural. They don't give a cup to every single hockey player that wins. So the question is, does every single kid on Little League who wins have to get a trophy, or should the team itself win a trophy? Interesting. So if this person was a coach, they would only give three awards, best overall, most improved, and best sportsmanship. I like the best sportsmanship trophy a lot. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Sportsmanship is something that has to be worked on. It's something that needs to be around. Then they'd hand the kids, the kids, a list of things they'd have to do to earn one of these trophies. They would know from the go get, from the get go, from the beginning, that excellence, improvement, character, and persistence were valued. I'm not giving you a trophy just for coming. I'm not giving you a trophy even if you lose. I'm not giving you a trophy just because you put in the effort. The effort is important and necessary, but it's not to be given a trophy for. In life. As Aish points out with that, with the author Debbie Godfrey, we lose far more often than we win. We encounter obstacles more frequently than we travel along smooth paths. We find ourselves stuck in the mud, in the pouring rain, and on the edges of steep cliffs, and we need that confidence that only comes from our genuine effort, our own genuine effort. In spiritual matters, the Talmud says, If you work and don't succeed, it means you didn't work hard enough. Again, if you work and don't succeed, it means that you didn't work hard enough. We have a guarantee of spiritual success only if we put in maximum effort. And Lahabdal, that happens to be with physical matters too, with material matters too, with school matters and extra school matters as well. Because deep down, it's not the trophy that we want. It's the challenge. We want to sit on the highest rock at the summit. And know that no matter how long it took us to climb up that mountain, we struggled and pushed until we made it to the top. Life is not just about showing up. It's about playing our hardest until the end. So no, you don't get a trophy just for playing. You don't get a trophy for being involved. You don't get a trophy just for participating in the league. You get the ability to have pride that you were involved for the effort you were involved in. Even the whole team doesn't get a trophy for playing. Maybe there are three trophies. Maybe there's one trophy overall. I actually got a trophy as a kid when the when the whole team won, but I'm not sure if that's good or bad. They just sat there all years, and I'm not sure if they had any value or not. Of course, there were trophies when I was involved in karate, too. If you won first place or second place and at the science fair, if you won first or second place, sure, there was a trophy. But that's an individual effort, an individual thing. When it comes to a team sport, a team effort, that in and of itself is, is something as well. 
And you think about also La Havdel, you think about shows, even AGT, you know, a show like that, if a whole band, a whole choir wins, who gets the prize? They all have to share it. They're not going to give out 150 ribbons to all the players, to all the people. If it's a 30-person group, a 20-person group, even if it's a band that wins, they have to divide it. They have to split it. The million-dollar prize has to be split among all the people. They're not going to give a million to each band member. All the people together have to share it. So why not also learning in life in different extracurriculars and different aspects they have to learn also as well. However, there is there is an argument against extracurriculars, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up this side. I always bring up both sides, but I actually am, of course, for extracurriculars very much so. If you could figure out how to work it into the schedule, how to go about it, how to figure it out financially and time-wise, make it realistic and functional. That's why the cooking class we do ourselves that... My my son, my other son, and my daughter can have people come and they can bake together every week. A nice way to do it where we're running it. So it's part of our schedule. When we run the camp, we had built-in socialization for the kids in our backyard, in our house, having these kids, having the programming. How you could go about it to do some built-in play dates when you have people for lunch. Or you go to people for lunch and they have kids the same age. That's a built-in aspect, a built-in way. But Rachel Barmance on Aish argues against extracurricular and she gives a different viewpoint but it's always good to bring two sides to a coin anyway today we can't even fathom the idea of affording a timeshare healthcare costs lengthy maternity leave we should be zoha people if they even give six weeks but really some societies give a year and in the past they used to give months upon months upon months but nowadays it's not like that student loan payments and the list goes on and on and on her kids aren't getting vacations grand birthday parties or resume building extracurricular activities like she did when she was a kid growing up in high high flying society and on the rare occasion that they go to a restaurant which I agree, as a parent of young kids, it's a harrowing and generally unpleasant occasion when you're with four small children. Baruch Hashem, we have four small children as well, so we totally commiserate. We're conscientious, they're conscientious about the price. They look back on how they were raised and appreciate that they were extremely privileged and had zero concept of it. They thought it was normal. So besides the basic necessities, the question is, what are we giving our kids so she's not going to enroll them the author's not going to put them in a hundred activities throughout the week throughout the year but they're more about what they do with their days how you go about spiritually building up the days with a jewish education and a jewish environment and a jewish outlook to the life there is one key area to surpass parents and surpass society at large and that's instilling jewish values and living a torah observant life the investment in your children, our investment in our children, doesn't come from the varied experiences that money can buy, or the coolest new toys, or the coolest new wildest gadgets. Not from pricey summer camps, not from private guitar lessons. It comes from something we consider more valuable a deep sense of Jewish pride and a connection to our Jewish heritage. Her husband and she didn't grow up Orthodox. They had a sense of religion and culture, but little, but knew little about the gamut of mitzvahs or how one might actually incorporate them into daily life. They were an American and an Israeli before they became Jews. Their wonderful parents spent every effort to provide material and educationally, 
which way they are eternally grateful. But now, as parents, they're hoping to give their kids something more than that, something they discover on separate ways to adulthood. They want them to share the beauty of Jewish life in Israel, our homeland, the magic of Shabbos and the Jewish holidays, Torah scholarship, and Jewish character traits and values. Along, along with ensuring independence as upstanding, generous, and whole members of society, a top priority is to ensure to pass on to the tradition that many people unfortunately miss out and consider themselves to be Jews first and foremost and through and through. With Hashem's grace and hard work in the future, all of us should try to make sure that our kids have more in the way than money can buy, have more than what money can buy. But until then, the opportunities to give the kids something more than that they received, a stronger Jewish identity, a comprehensive stimulating to our education, and a profound love of their heritage and their people. This trumps the extras of childhood. So, Rachel Barman argues against extracurriculars for a variety of reasons, especially financially. It's not so realistic or feasible. But others argue for it and explain when you're going to do it, like Debbie explains on Aish. When you're going to do it, don't give everyone a trophy just for showing up. Don't give everyone a trophy just for the effort. So if someone's in the band and someone's in the chess club and someone's in the robotics club, and these are all great things, clubs are especially awesome if they're in school anyway, if they're involved in being in the day anyway, it's part of the day, it's part of the clubs, but not everyone should get that award just for showing up, just for participating, because it detracts from the idea of it. So yes, I am a fan of the extracurriculars, but not 150 throughout the year, throughout the week. You know, even even signing kids up, we have to ensure that we're not overextending ourselves, overextending our kids, and overextending those around us. You can't. Some people can do it. Some people can multitask. My wife was part of at least seven clubs with the Parsh Press and the the Holocaust Journal and. Uh, and uh, I can't remember, mock trial and debate team, there were like a thousand things she was involved in and, and this and that and that and the other thing and, and uh, production and choir. So many of them I can't even remember offhand, but some of us can't do so many of them. We have to limit it to realistic means, functional means. I could be part of the band. I could try out for softball. I could be part of a chesed club. I could be part of these, these Shabbatons in the program, but it can't be too much it can't be too many things at once. If you want to sign your kids up for a couple of things, think about how much time you have in the week. If they come home at 3.45, but you want to eat at 5, like we try to aim for, when are they doing such clubs? When are they involved in such clubs? We want them to get a good amount of sleep. You know, we the, when the kid goes for his check and as well visits, they say, how much sleep does he get? When does he go to sleep? You know, sleep time is the time that they grow the most. That's the time where they're really growing the most. So you're going to take away from that just so you could do an extracurricular? I'd, I'd lean towards the side that says too much. We're doing too much. And Sundays are the only day really that you have as a family outside of school. So how many extracurriculars can you be a part of? You want this one to be in soccer for five hours and this one to be in art class for three hours and this one to be in baseball and basketball. If all the kids are discombobulated, where's the joint family time on Sundays? Where's the joint connection time? Family fun day becomes family all over the place day instead. You could do something together. You could do a, a baking class together. You could do an activity together. You could do you know pottery making together as a family. Cool. You could go to the park together. Cool. You could go somewhere and do things together. Scavenger hunting or going to the, the playground together is great. But if each kid is going to be in different extracurriculars, then maybe I wouldn't be so for it because then the time becomes very 
haphazard, and then you need three sets of parents with three sets of cars to be in seven different places at once, which will never work. I felt bad for my my coworker was explaining how he has a whole Google form, a whole Google schedule, a whole Google calendar specifically color-coded for his three kids because it's impossible to remember and almost impossible to be at the right place at the right time. And even people who who have different schedules or, or short school days or, or happen to homeschool their days, it, it doesn't mean that their schedules are any easier. This one has to be at soccer, while this one's at softball, and this one has violin practice, this one has voice lessons, and then this one is at the garden. You know, three kids with 14 schedules, it doesn't really work time-wise. And then the whole day becomes all over the place. And to what end, to what means, and to what effect, for what purpose? The whole day is shot. You're frazzled as a parent. You're overstressed and overworked and anxious. Am I going to make it? Am I going to get them to the activity on time? Am I going to get back in time? Are we even going to eat? What happens for dinner on that night? No one's eating together. Everyone's eating at, at a haphazard time. This one grabbing a sandwich and this one grabbing a yogurt. This one grabbing a drink. No one's together. So it has to be done in a, a functional way. It has to be done in a realistic way has to be done in a meaningful way when it's part and parcel of the school day i like it a lot because you're having clubs anyway so what clubs are you going to be a part of and then there's lots of options and lots of choices when we came to high school they offered all these different choices so i had to gravitate towards something that really made sense and that's something that would work the band obviously made a lot of sense to to play and i was a rhythm player playing the chords while they were different people doing different jobs in different parts of the band but there was a chess club and there was a robotics club and there was a a science club i think and uh there was the computer club and then there was of course sports i can't remember all the clubs there were a lot of them thank god and there was always club hour even though it was 42 minutes i never understood why is it called club hour if it's not actually an hour you should give it an hour take away from something else club period really you should call it, but it doesn't sound as good as club hour and it was definitely once a week where we could meet and we could practice and sometimes we'd have to practice extra hours after hours or before hours you know early in the day or after the day and there was no feeling of nervousness like the actual hagiga itself of the real live event playing the the music was uh, terrifying when everybody would show up and it wasn't a school of like 700 kids you know our school had 150 kids but it was still uh, terrifying for the 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 rabbis and the 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 administration and the children and the children and the teenagers to show up to that event so when you're in these different clubs and they're an extracurricular it's built into the day it's a wonderful thing and then if it culminates in a real event that in and of itself is another experience another element to it so if you're part of her production for example and you're practicing the production the whole year when the production itself comes that's like a real culminating event a real achievement and when the production is done and it goes well hopefully and hopefully it always goes well then you have a feeling of accomplishment. You don't need an award. You don't need a piece of paper or certificate or a trophy. I may be wrong. I didn't do production. I didn't do any acting or plays or whatever. But when you have these kind of things, the experience itself can be rewarding enough, can be wonderful enough. Having the Chagiga, we didn't have a, a, a um, any sort of award or certificate or anything involved. But playing it and then finishing it was really culminating enough. So when you have these different sports events and you come to the end, you come to the playoff and you come to the conclusion, you come to the actual 
finale, I forget what it's called in sports, but you come to the World Series of, of uh, Little League or you come to the 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 I can't I'm having a blink of the of the football one in the in the the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl of of uh, Little League of little football and little baseball. That game itself is already charged enough that kids are involved. They want to win, and they just want to have that feeling of winning. Yes, a trophy is nice. Yes, a certificate is nice. But to give it to everyone doesn't really make sense. So when we think of extracurriculars, we think of the culminating event itself can be a really wonderful aspect, a really wonderful conclusion to the to the event, a conclusion to the being involved in the in the league being involved in the experience and i remember the robotics team going on to be involved in competitions even if the competition wouldn't give a trophy i remember that the participants of the club were so proud of themselves were so you know i can't think of another word but they were so really proud of themselves being involved in the competition even if all they got was a ribbon they were so happy to be in fourth place or fifth place or even first place with the gold ribbon but they didn't give out fancy fancy and hotsy totsy trophies they didn't give out their, uh, things maybe they spent all the money on the the robotics themselves which are not cheap but these kind of things you know it's a wonderful thing for kids to be a part of and when it's part of the school day it's really awesome didn't have to come back after hours if you're part of varsity or junior varsity hockey or basketball which some people were of course i wasn't really sports inclined so much that also has the game and and they would practice and they would be involved and the coach would lead them along and and they would be practicing all times sometimes if it's after hours it's not easy and and that extracurricular activity doesn't work and that's why I had to leave softball if it's an activity that's that's too late and takes too many nights and just impedes the schedule and then it, it, it eats away at your homework time and eats away at at your family time it might not be worth it so a lot of times the extracurricular is really good and I'm very for it but it has to be balanced with what is lost and what is gained there should be more positives and negatives there should be more happiness and fun and then stress if if the family ends up fighting and the and the dad is fighting at other dads and the and the kids are, are at each other's throats because they didn't pass to each other is that really such a good activity is that really such a good extracurricular to be involved in is it really fun at all it should be first and foremost fun it should help with socialization it should help with the the kid using his time and making friends and having a good time if those aspects are not there i would greatly rethink if it's really worth and really important to be a part of so as we think this week about extracurriculars we think about what we can use our time and not just for students and kids but as adults use your extracurriculars we only have so many hours in the day and once the the job is done and the chores are done and the kids are in bed and you have time to pursue your interests not not at the expense of one another god forbid as spouses but if one spouse is working on something and you work on something else or they're sleeping and you want to you want to be involved in your own hobby what kind of a hobby brings you joy what kind of a hobby brings you a uh, passion and a, a zeal to do something in the world it should be something that is joyful and not hateful it should be something that adds to your day not detracts from the day it should be something that adds to your life and adds to the world it doesn't take away from that and of course it should be for kids as well and that's the topic for this week talking about extracurriculars again i apologize for the massive technological difficulties this week god willing hopefully next week will be smooth sailing where we talk a different topic for the week for the audience members to keep here on sheer enjoyment radio powered by radio.com here on tani talks radio and i'm your host Tani.